Dominic, Dominic, Dominic. Highly contested. T3 on the track. The taste is high. Highly contested. It's getting wild. Highly contested. If you wanna talk the talk, then you better walk the walk. Get the facts, show the stats. Act like radios are off. The taste is high. Highly contested. It's getting wild. Highly contested. If you wanna talk the talk, then you better walk the walk. Get the facts, show the stats. Hello, and welcome to Highly Contested. This podcast covers some of the hottest topics in the world of football and basketball, where our crew gives our highly contested takes on these topics and supports our takes with facts. I'm Andrew, and I'm here with George, Joe, and Frank. George, how are you doing today? Doing great today. You know, just a little bit tired, but beautiful Friday. Hope everyone has a great weekend. How are you doing today, Drew? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for asking. Yep, it's a Friday when we will be pos- when we'll be posting this, so that's awesome to hear. We're gonna have some NBA basketball later that day, so that's gonna be good too. Joe, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. The Oakland A's are moving on in the playoffs, baby. Woo woo! All right, and Frank, how you doing today? Doing great, man. How you guys been? Been pretty good. Been pretty good. All right. So some of today's features topics include. How much does Drogic's injury affect the Heat's chance of winning the playoffs or the finals? On a scale from 1 through 10, how much of a chance do you give the Patriots at beating the Chiefs? And our panel picks who we believe will take home the W with the Raiders versus the Bills. Let's dive headfirst into it here on Highly Contested. We're going to jump right into the NBA. The Lakers, Los Angeles Lakers, that is, and the Miami Heat played game one of the NBA Finals, where the Lakers proved why they're the favorites by blowing the Heat out with no chance for them to come back. Jimmy Butler rolled his ankle, Bam Adebayo hurt his neck and shoulder area, and Goran Dragic suffered a plantar fascia tear in his left foot. Dragic and Bam are doubtful, Uh, Both doubtful for game two. So, George, we know the impact of Bam's absence, but how much of an impact does Dragic's absence affect the team? It's going to impact them slightly. He was a good piece for them in this playoffs. He was the starter during this playoff run. He wasn't the starter in the regular season but he earned his role back during these playoffs and was their leading scorer for some of these games. And his impact is going to definitely hurt them by him not being there, but they really didn't have a huge chance of winning this series anyway. So in the grand scheme of things, it's not really going to make a difference, but Bam's injury would be more of an impact because he is their center and he is their rim protector. So not having him will be a bigger impact But like I said, they didn't really have a great chance, and they played a sloppy game, allowed the Lakers to hit 11 three-pointers in the first half, and allowed a 75-30 to run by the Lakers. So the Lakers looked impressive. Playoff Rondo was in the building. Everyone was hitting their shots. And it's hard to guard the Lakers when... Even the role players are having a great night. You can't really stop Anthony Davis and LeBron at that point. And we saw the zone defense wasn't really working, especially with two high IQ players with LeBron James and Rondo. So, Joe, what are your thoughts on the impact of Drogic's torn plantar fascia? Well, that's a pretty um, big word there for you, George. 
<laughs> These injuries are going to be very difficult for the Heat to overcome since Drogic is out. And, George, did you say that Bam was out or he might be out? Uh, as of right now, I think he's doubtful. But it sounds like Jimmy Butler's good to go. And, Joe, that was a pretty big word. I had to sound it out myself. Thank you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, it sounds like Jimmy Butler's going to play through the pain from what I read. Uh, he's not going to let his ankle tweak keep him out of game two. But as far as I know, Bam is doubtful. Okay. And so is uh, Drogic. All right. So let's just say they're, Bam is out for the game. These these guys are key players for the Heat for the Heat success, and since they're out, the weight has to fall on Butler's shoulders. These injuries are very are really going to affect them down the series if they continue to linger. But I said, but I know I said in the last podcast this was going to be a, a seven game series, but with these injuries. But now I'm starting to think the Lakers are going to bring out the brooms with this series. What are your thoughts, Frank? What do you think? Well, I mean, of course the injuries are going to hurt these guys, but uh, it's going to fall on Butler. I mean, you had uh, Drogic, who was averaging 22.8 points when when they were playing Indiana, and... Um, a bio averaging twenty point eight in the in the East Finals, and so and Jimmy Butler is right there, you know, twenty three point four per game with Milwaukee. So you're talking about three key guys. That that is the team. I mean, that's kind of hard. You lose two out of your three. That puts a lot of pressure on your bench. Puts a lot of pressure on your six man. Puts a lot of pressure on Jimmy Butler. But from what I've read. Uh, George, like you were saying, yes, he did say he is going to play. He will play. And if we know Jimmy Butler, he's got that mama mentality. That guy is going to push, 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 push. And he's going to do what he can do to help win. I mean, these guys are kind of used to being the underdogs here. I mean, when they were uh, playing the Pacers, they were the underdogs. And then they ended up beating them. When they were going for Milwaukee, I felt like that definitely they were underdogs with Milwaukee. I felt like everyone thought Milwaukee should have won that. And they won that. And then you go into the, you know the Celtics. Felt like they were underdogs again. So now you're with the Lakers. You got LeBron James. That's you're kind of an underdog. But I mean, they've been able to come through every single time. Yeah, obviously at that point they didn't have the injuries. But I feel like that's just who they are. They're these underdogs that want to fight, 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 fight. And I don't think they're going to give up just because of two people. In fact, they might give them more reason to beat the Lakers to do it for the ones that are injured. And hopefully, you know, they'll get them back, you know, sooner than later, depending on how bad these injuries are. So um, I think that it is going to fall into Jimmy Butler's hands. But I think he's got that mentality to do it for these guys. I, I, I really do. Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch this, though. So I I agree with you, Frank. I don't think they're going to they're not going to give up by any means, especially because, you know, the the lead, their leader and Jimmy, he is showing how much of a warrior he can really be by 
rolling his ankle. I mean, that, that injury, it looked like it looked like a bad injury, honestly, when I first saw it. And I was actually thinking that there was no way that he was going to come back and play. But, I mean, he obviously has shown that even with the injury, I, I don't know how serious it is. You can't really tell. I mean, that's that's just the type of player that Jimmy is. You can, t- I mean, you can tell that he's, you know, you can tell that it's on his mind and you can tell that he's walking gingerly on it, but you can't really tell how serious it is because of the fact that he's so focused on the game. And, oh, yeah. and that mentality just rubs off on the players as well. So I don't think they're, I don't think they're by any means they're going to give up. I just think they're going to get outclassed. It's just plain and simple. You're so three key injuries happened. One to bam, one to Butler and one to Drogic. And in my opinion, those three players are the best three players on the Heat. So if the three best players on your team get injured in game one of a series, that usually that usually does not spell well for your series chances as a whole. Now, I'm going to talk about the game first. I'm going to talk about the story of the game versus the story of the series because obviously these injuries are going to be the story of the series. But the story of that game was, as George mentioned, it was the Los Angeles Lakers shooting. They were shooting lights out. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, George, but I believe that was their best shooting performance from three in the entire playoffs. For this Lakers squad or Lakers Lakers. in total? For the Lakers squad. Yeah, for the Lakers squad. For this Lakers squad, yeah. I I believe they tied the Lakers record for most threes in a finals half. But yeah, definitely for this squad. Mm -hmm. And... When you take that into consider, when you take that into consideration, the fact that a team who is not that great as far as three point shooting on paper, they come out and they just shoot lights out. You're not gonna you're not gonna beat a team that has players like LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and their role players are just hitting shots. You're not gonna beat this team, and I think that that was the story of the game more than the injuries, in my opinion, because the 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 Lakers had already had a sizable lead before the injuries happened. Now, going back to the story of the series, it is going to be these injuries. This is a big impact. And to be honest, I believe the Lakers will sweep the heat now. It's no disrespect to the heat. They proved that they're big time. But in my opinion, it's the Golden State Warriors from last year all over again. Multiple injuries to big time players during the finals. That That's exactly what happened to the Warriors last year. Dragic had played his uh he had played his way to the starting lineup in the bubble because Kendrick Nunn, the original starting point guard, had contracted the virus. And Dragic proved that he is a wily veteran that belongs in that setting. He belongs in that playoffs. Ever since he was put into that starting lineup, he averaged 19.9 points per game, and they've just been a better team in the playoffs and even thrashed expectations by being major teams in the East to make it to the finals. But now that both him and Bam are doubtful for game two, like I mentioned, it's the Golden State Warriors all over again, where we see a team who deserves to be in the finals, gets decimated, not by the other team, but by multiple injuries to star players. The difference is Golden State had the better team on paper and was favored to win. So that's what made it somewhat interesting, in my opinion, that the injuries were a thing. It was like, okay, well, we know the Warriors are just a deep team. So who's going to step up? This Heat team wasn't favored to win this series. And now that they have all these injuries, I hate to say it, but if both players are out for game two, then bust the brooms. What are your thoughts, Joe? 
right. Um, I know this is all going to have to fall on Butler's shoulders, but how do you think Hero's going to take it? Is he, is he going to have to play like lights out for, for, from here on out, or do you think he's going to have to at least step up more than he usually does? I think that Hero is going to – I think he's going to step up and do better than what he averages for the playoffs. I'm not sure if that'll be enough though, to match what the Lakers can, you know, what the Lakers can do basically, yeah. especially if the Lakers shoot. I mean, if, if they shoot anything close to as decent as they were shooting yesterday, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts, Joe? What do you think? Yeah, I agree. If, if, if the heat wants to win this game, Butler and hero, I feel like they're going to, they're both going to have to score like 50 points. You know, they need to play lights out, but that defense of the Lakers, I don't see how they they could beat them. So, like like I said when I when I when I when I spoke to y'all guys, I know I said Game Seven, but it's looking like a like a sweep here. What are your thoughts, George? Yeah, to go back on the Tyler Hero. So in this game, he was actually a minus thirty five in the plus minus category, and LeBron James was just playing chess. All night, he attacked the pick and roll to get Tyler Hero on the switch on him and was just taking advantage of him. So it's not really fair for the rookie Tyler Hero to be, you know, put all this weight on his shoulders. And, you know, I know we're saying it's coming down on Jimmy Butler, but, you know, and I like Butler, but this is just too much. They're outmanned. They're too little. It's not really a fair match for them. But so my three keys that we talked about going into this series was the three pointers, the free throws, and then the coach Spolstra. So in this game, when we look at the three pointers, Miami was 11 for 33. While um, the Lakers were 15 for 33. So the Lakers outperformed them in the three pointer and then free throws, which was shocking. Uh, they, the Miami heat was 11 for 14 shooting 78% while the Lakers were 25 for 27 shooting 92%. And like I was telling you guys in the last podcast, you know, I didn't think that zone was going to work with, you know, these high IQ players that are on the Lakers squad. And we saw the zone wasn't working. So we'll see what adjustments coach Spolstra could do, especially with some of these injuries. You know, it's going to be a lot harder trying to come up with a better strategy when a couple of your key pieces are missing. What are your guys' thoughts? Yeah, uh, to your point about the free throws too, I honestly didn't think it was a badly officiated game by any means. I thought it was actually officiated pretty well, but that's still a very sizable difference. You're talking about, you know, a very large difference between free throws for both teams. So I think that was a huge part, huge contribution to the Lakers' success as well. Yeah, I wasn't trying to say like, oh, blame it on refs or anything. I was just saying uh, the Lakers aren't really known for being a great free throw percentage shooting team and they were able to shoot 92 percent, which was impressive what are your thoughts frank we only shoot a couple free throws you're gonna have a high percentage i mean they weren't going on the free throw line all the time they shot yeah they shot 27 compared to the miami heats 14 so they didn't just shoot a couple free throws to get that high percentage Uh, yeah i guess that's true i mean 
it's it is known that Lakers were not that good. So you know, you know, I guess you guys got this one time that you guys can actually count that as a stat. Yeah, I think it just shows how dialed in these guys are in, and they're focused and locked into the game, and they're all about winning this. Well, this is the first time you guys had a team in what? I mean, I don't know. When was the last time you guys went to the finals? Mm, I don't know. I think it was 2010. 2010? Yeah. Uh, So, you know, you got 10 years in the making. So I'd be, you know, working my butt off too. Yeah. I mean, well, when you have, you know, when you have a player like LeBron James and then a player right next to him, like Anthony Davis, you know, oh, yeah. I, if I, if I had those players on my team, Oh, I'd be motivated to kick butt too. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I'm sure these guys feel like they're, you know, well maybe not them personally, but the fans probably feel like this is a Kobe Bryant and Shaq moment all over again, or, you know, something like that. Yeah, I agree. When you have, you know, two of the top five players in the league and, at, at that point in their careers, Kobe and Shaq were that. They were the two top five. They were two of the top five players in the league. So, yeah, I agree. All right. We're going to switch to the NFL now. The New England Patriots are going to play the undefeated Kansas City Chiefs this Sunday. This will mark the ninth time the two coaches have faced off against each other and the first time that Cam and Mahomes have ever faced off against each other. So, George, on a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being no chance, 10 being they got this, how much of a chance do you give the Patriots at beating the Chiefs? I give them a 3 out of 10 chance to upset the defending champions. And so I I got the Chiefs winning this game. Although Cam has looked really good. We discussed this on a previous podcast. He's looking as good as his MVP season, or even Drew, you said he looks better in his MVP season. But to me, this is going to come down to the Patriots defense. So pro football focus has their defensive line ranked very poorly with a 52.73 grade. Their secondary is also very poor at a 63.23 grade. And it's being dragged down by their cornerback, Stefan Gilmore, and his personal grade is a 55.3. And as a whole, this starting Patriots defense is graded at a 57.39. And the way this rating is working for people who may not understand, you know, the numbers I just threw out, it's basically think of it as a letter grade, you know, it goes to a hundred. So a 52 would be an F, you know, a 65 would be a D, a 75 would be a C, and you know so on an 85 would be a b a 95 would be an a so basically this defense is ranked at an f you know their defense is very poor this year compared to last year where it was really good and we knew that a lot of their players dropped out due to covid reasons or social injustice reasons to begin the season but even some of their stars that they have on this team that stayed aren't looking as good as they were last year so when the defense plays this poor against an explosive offensive team led by Patrick Mahomes, then 
You know, you're really going to have to do your part on offense to keep up with them because they're going to put up a lot of points. And I'm not saying Cam Newton isn't capable of putting up these big points because he is. But this is Patrick Mahomes. And when he sees a poor defense, he he will just feast. He can score points at ease at will very quickly. So, again, I got the Patriots with a three out of ten chance to upset the champs. What are your thoughts on this, Joe? So this is going to be a pretty tough match for both teams. But um, I I gave the Patriots a 5.75. Both teams are really good on offense. But like George says, the Patriots are lacking on defense. And that's what's probably going to win this game for the Chiefs. The Chiefs have a solid defense, as we could all see with the Ravens, with the all the other, with all the teams they played, and another thing that it's going to have to come down to is the coaching. These 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 two coaches are one of the are the, one of the best coaches in the game right now. So we need to see how the Patriots are going to attack their defense, and vice versa, the Chiefs are going to attack their defense. And we need to see how the Patriots' defense going to stop Mahomes, and that's well from what we've seen lately, really hard to do. The Chiefs, the Chargers almost did it, but they came back in the fourth quarter and won it. And that's kind of the only tape you got that's kind of poor on the Chiefs. So we'll see on Sunday. All right. What are your thoughts, Frank? Well, I um, I agree with George. I mean, the the Chiefs are the you know they won the Super Bowl last year, so they're the defending champs. And that is true, and you almost can't stop Mahomes. I mean, it's you can't. It's just very hard. That guy is just—he can do unbelievable things. But I have them actually a little higher than George. I think I can give the Patriots a five out of ten to beat the Chiefs, and I say that solely because they're ranked the number three defense right now as of last week. And I think they got that rating solely because they were able to stop the Raiders passing attack, which may not be saying much. I'm not that I'm saying the Raiders suck or nothing like that. They had a hell of a game on Sunday and Derek Carr has been looking pretty damn good. Um, But I mean, defense wins championships. I mean, that's just kind of how it's always been. Um, The Chiefs, uh, defense didn't even make the top 16 list. And I know you can look at like 100 different lists, I'm sure, and and whatnot. There was one that had them at like number 12. So even if they were number 12 defense, you still have Patriots at a number three defense. I don't know. Defense for me wins games, but at the same time, you you have to stop Mahomes. I don't care how good your defense is. You can't stop Mahomes. There's no way you're winning this game. But I mean, we then again, I mean, Patriots now having Cam Newton, that guy's man, he's been shining on that team. I mean, they lost one game, they're two and one, but they he's been shining. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a good game. But I still believe defense wins games and having Patriots at a number three defense over their defense, I think they have a good chance. A five out of ten is not the best, 
but it's higher than George's. But uh, I think they got a, I think they got a little chance in there. Mm. <clears throat> so a lot of a lot of good points that everyone has made, and I'm going to just go ahead and say that. I give the Patriots an 8 out of 10. I'm actually picking the Patriots to win this game. Honestly, we need to give Cam and that offense more respect because he has taken the reins left from a Hall of Fame quarterback, and he has actually made them a better offensive team than that Hall of Fame quarterback did. This team is the number one ranked team through three games in total rushing yards, which is something we all thought the Ravens would just lead by a large margin in. But the funny thing is, they also rank in the middle of the pack in their passing game. So they have a respectable passing game. This translates to an overall offensive ranking of eighth in total yards per game. And Joe, you hit the nail right on the head. They, the Chargers, they, there's, there's a lot of film from that Chargers game on how to slow down Mahomes, on how to slow down Andy Reid in that pot in that passing offense, that prolific offense. And if you don't think for a second that Bill Belichick is going to dissect every single play in that film, you are sorely mistaken. We all know that Bill Belichick is capable of taking away an, an offense's uh, an offense's best weapon. On this Chiefs team, their best weapon is Andy Reid. Andy Reid is the seventh winningest coach in NFL history. He has had a top 10 offense in 13 of the 21 seasons he has coached. And he's also made the playoffs 15 out of 21 seasons. He is their best offensive weapon. But Andy Reid has his work cut out for him because he has not coached well against Bill Belichick in big games. Belichick is 7-2 against Andy Reid, including 3-0 in the playoffs. I expect Bill to make life hard for Andy Reid and throw him off guard. That is why I believe the Patriots have a great shot at beating this Chiefs team and why I'm giving them an eight. What are your thoughts, Frank? So just to kind of play devil's advocate there, you made a lot of good points. But you did say that Cam Newton made them a better team. So my question is, when does luck end and chemistry start to play because you have someone like Mahomes who's been on that team a lot longer than Cam Newton's been on his team and I think that has a lot to do with it yeah you got good coaching you have all that behind you obviously you have to put that in consideration but at the end of the day the ball is in Cam's hands the ball is in Mahomes's hands so Mahomes has a lot more chemistry he knows that team he's been on that team versus Cam just started. So is is it luck? Is it when is if, and if it is, when that luck is gone, this where's that chemistry? Do you even need chemistry when you have Bilicek as a coach? You know what I mean? Like I don't what do you think about that? Well, it's interesting that you say, you know, well what is it? Is it luck or is it chemistry? To be quite honest with you, I don't think it's chemistry, but I don't think it's luck either. I think it's just that Cam is a great threat when you give him the right playbook and the Patriots have given him the right playbook and he is shining in that offense. He really is. So I think it's just his overall talent and capability when given the right system. And 
so you made the argument is that is but is that going to be better than the talent and chemistry that is the Kansas City Chiefs? So I would say that if you're comparing both offenses, then no, I wouldn't say that that alone will will make Cam and his offense better than Mahomes and the Patriots offense. But that's not the only thing that the Patriots have in their arsenal. Their biggest weapon is Bill Belichick, and Bill Pel- and Bill Belichick has proven that he can outcoach Andy Reid. He's done it seven times out of the nine times they played, and three times when the moments were the greatest and the lights were the brightest. So that would be my answer to that. What do you think, George? Yeah, so a couple things, right? So, you know, Frank is saying that they're ranked number three in defense that the Patriots are, and I don't see where they're ranked number three. But also to your points, Drew, about them being able to watch all the film on the Chargers game. Well, they can watch all the film in the world that they want to, but they don't have the right players to execute whatever is needed to stop the char- or the Chiefs. And also, you're saying that Andy Reid is their best offensive weapon. And I don't know how you can say that when it's clearly Patrick Mahomes. And you can say, you know, that he's the a winning coach and all, which is true. But how many Super Bowls was he able to win without a Patrick Mahomes? He didn't win any without him. So Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, arguably. He's definitely the best player on this team. He's what makes this team so explosive. So Patrick Mahomes is definitely the best offensive weapon on this team. And Andy Reid is lucky to have him there. But again, Patriots got very little to no chance of winning this game. Drew, what are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, I disagree with you 100%. Uh, You make the claim that Andy Reid is lucky to have Mahomes. I don't believe that for a second. And if you're buying that, then you really don't understand who Andy Reid is as a coach. This is a guy who's been to the Super Bowl before. He He made the Super Bowl with Donovan McNabb as quarterback when he was on the Eagles, or when he was coaching the Eagles. He just came across a better coach in Bill Belichick. We're talking about the greatest coach in NFL history in Bill Belichick and you're just as great of a coach as Andy is and as great of a offensive mind and genius that he is if you're coming if you're coming across the better opponent then there's just nothing you can do about it and that's why they lost that Super Bowl versus Bill Belichick and his Patriots what do you think Frank well I was just gonna kind of add to how you were saying about you know, kind of going back to saying it, that Cam Newton's done really well, and and you know, so he's no matter, you know, what his coach is or this and that. And all right, I'm sorry, you put a coach like Bill Belichick behind him, he does even better. This and that. I, I, I can I can see where you're coming from, but it's kind of hard to read this team because they haven't played any significant team yet. The only one they played that you can give any kind of like significance to was they played the Seahawks. So playing the Chiefs is really going to be besides the Seahawks the only other team that they they can is going to show anything. I mean they played the Dolphins. Come on, and the Raiders. I'm not the Raiders are they're not bad, but I still don't feel like that's a push to really prove Cam Newton being on the Patriots. The Seahawks is the only one I may have give them but other than that they really haven't played anybody yet so like this argument i feel like could be talked about 
after a Chiefs game because that to me this is re- legitimately their first game that's going to be like the testimony so far. I mean, it's only been four weeks or three weeks, whatever it's been. So, but um, I don't know. I still don't know about Cam Newton to be honest with you. He looks good, but he's looking good on teams, in my opinion, that I don't feel have given them much pressure. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Hmm. Um, I can touch up on that, but before I do, George, what are your thoughts? Uh, you touch up on that real quick. Okay. Um, so to be honest, I thought I think the Seahawks are a great football team. I think they're going to win their division. And I think that Russell Wilson's gonna actually become the NFL MVP for the first time in his career. That's who I have as my pick for NFL MVP. But you're so you're kind of making the argument that he hasn't had great teams, and I'll give you I'll give you the Dolphins, even though they slapped my Jags. I'll give you the Dolphins that they're not that great of a team, but they have played the Seahawks, and they were one yard away from winning that game, and then they played the Las Vegas Raiders, who were walking into that game were firing on all cylinders. They had just defeated the New Orleans Saints in a very commanding win, and so I thought that they had you know, all the momentum going their way, to be honest, but the Patriots really handled them and took it to them. That was, uh, I don't remember the exact score, but I know that it was, I know that it was a blowout. So I think that he has proven in those two games that he's, he's big time, at least, at least for this team. That's my opinion though. Well, yeah, like I said, I'll I'll give him Seahawks. I I, I said that from the get, but I still feel the Chiefs are going to be a harder team than the Seahawks. But so far, out of three games, I give them one game. To me, one game is not enough to really do anything. And then if that's that's the other thing. If they're going to be that close of a game to the Raiders, what, what makes you think that they're going to – well, I don't know. It could just be a bad day for them. Who knows? But I feel like Chiefs are going to be so much harder – than the Raiders will be, on paper at least. I mean, everyone has bad days and such. But if if you assume that the that the Chiefs are so much harder than the Raiders, and the Raiders give them that much of a problem, you, you kind of see what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I picked the Patriots to win, and the reason why I picked the Patriots to win is because I feel like I feel like Cam and that offense is just getting better and better every week. And I feel like if they had, I feel like if they had played the Seahawks now, like week four, I feel like they would have, I feel like they could beat the Seahawks. And the reason why the Seahawks beat them then was because it was week two. And as you mentioned, the whole chemistry factor, I, I fully believe that, you know, that was Cam's first really good game with the Patriots because their first game against the Dolphins, he wasn't like prolific by any means, but I think that was his first good game with the Patriots. And it showed like it showed kind of a glimpse of like what the potential could be like. But now that he's developed that chemistry more, I feel like they would beat the Seahawks for sure now. And I think that they have a good chance at beating the Chiefs. What are your thoughts, George? I know that you had Well, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So just going back to the the whole Andy Reid and Mahomes thing that me and you were talking about. Um no disrespect to Andy Reid. He's obviously a great coach. He's won. But we're also talking about Patrick Mahomes, who in his first season was named MVP of the league. His second season starting was 
you know, Super Bowl MVP and a champion. So, you know, by trying not to say that he's not the best offensive player is really a shock. And I don't know how you're able to say that, but the Seahawks are definitely a, were a challenge for the Patriots. And this is another challenge for them. And we'll see who can outperform who. And I'm definitely going with the Chiefs in this game. Yeah, Mahomes is a great player. Don't get me wrong. I think that he's an awesome player. And I think that he is definitely their second best offensive weapon on that team. But their first best offensive weapon, the brains behind the entire operation, is Andy Reid. And it always has been on every team that he's been on. Yeah, you could be the brains, but it comes down to execution. Andy Reid, he's not on the field making the plays. Yeah, he's drawing them up, but you still need someone to execute. And by being able to execute, that is better than you being able to draw it up because you could drop the best plays in the world. But if you don't have the right players or whatever it needs to be executed to be done, then it doesn't matter if you drew up the best play ever drawn up. So Mahomes, he's able to not only execute on the great plays Andy Reid is drawing up, but he's also able to, you know, scramble, go off script and still make a big play and win these games. So, I mean, Mahomes is the better offensive weapon on here. Andy Reid is great. No disrespect to him. But at the end of at the end of the day, it comes down to execution and Andy Reid isn't on the field executing what he's drawing up so Patrick Mahomes is the best offensive weapon not just on this team but in the league yeah see the thing about your statement is that you're making the claim that you could have the brains but it's the body doing the work Mm, not really I'm not really saying that's true we all know I mean scientifically speaking at least that the brains are what fires up the neurons to get the muscles pumping and make the body actually work so we all know that at the end of the day, you got to have the intellect, you got to have the brains, you got to have those nice plays that Andy Reid has designed in order to get those players open for Patrick Mahomes to throw those nice passes to. So I'll give you that. Hey, they got one hell of a player in Patrick Mahomes who will make those passes, and and they'll be super crisp, they'll be on time, and they'll be amazing passes. But Andy Reid is what gets those players open at the end of the day. I disagree. I mean, he draws up the plays, but he's not what gets them open. The players are on the field doing their jobs, and they're the ones creating separation or executing on the plays, depending on what position, what player we're talking about exactly. And at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. And we've seen, you know, vice versas where you have great players, terrible coaches, and they're able to still win. And we've seen, you know, what we see now, great coaches with bad players who can't win because they can't execute and then we have great examples like this where you have a great marriage in coach and players and they're able to win we see that right now with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid they're both amazing at what they do we've seen with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick they're both amazing at what they do and at the end of the day that's how you win championships everyone's got to be firing on all cylinders to win the Super Bowl and compete every year and have a dynasty if you will but You know, Patrick Mahomes is the best player right now on this team in the league. And that's just how that's going. Yeah, I still think at the end of the day, the offense moves with great play calling and great uh, and great offensive IQ as far as designing those plays. Let's let's look at the San Francisco 49ers. They weren't that great of a team offensively. 
until Kyle Shanahan comes in and he makes that offense great. Frank, you you would know that more than me, obviously. What are your thoughts with that? I mean, he wasn't the only coach that did it, though. I mean, Harbaugh did it. His very first year of coaching, instantly we went to the Super Bowl in one year. Shanahan took him a couple years before we went. So, Yeah, and I mean, that's easily shot down because with Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo, they won. That first year when Jimmy G goes down with his injury, they lose and they're looking like the worst team in the NFL. He comes back and they're back to Super Bowl. So again, you need the players to execute because Kyle Shanahan is the same coach. He was drawing up probably similar plays, maybe different because it's a different quarterback, but he was still the same coach. And we saw without the quarterback, they were they were looking like the worst team in the NFL. Once he got his quarterback back, they went to the Super Bowl. So that point's easily shot down, Drew. What are your thoughts, Joe? Yeah, I'm agreeing with George and Frank. It's like, just think about this. If the Chiefs had Jamarcus Russell, are they succeeding? Are you, are you asking me? Or no? Yeah, I'm asking you. No, I don't think so because he was a clear, a clear-cut bust. Yeah, because you need the players. If you need you need that quarterback, you need that running back, you need that receiver. We we had we had some stuff when, when the Raiders were we weren't good, but we had some little keys here and there. But Jamarcus Russell, he was a total bust. And if you had to put it like in the Chiefs, as the the coach, you can be the best coach in the world. You can't teach whatever Jamarcus Russell did. That was so you need to have that player. I agree that you need to have that player and he has, they have that player in, they have that player in uh, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, they do. I've already told you guys that he's a great player. It's just that when it comes to, when it comes to getting those receivers open and when it comes to designing those plays, uh, especially those run plays too, because they quietly have a great run offense as well. And that doesn't have anything really to do with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, yeah, he's a threat, which is why teams have to respect them with the passing game. But the but the running game comes down to play design too, and again, that's Andy Reid. That's not Patrick Mahomes. All right. <clears throat> Keeping it in the NFL, the Las Vegas Raiders. Bro, you muted yourself. Keeping it in the NFL, the Las Vegas Raiders and the Buffalo Bills will play each other on Sunday. This was a game that we were all looking forward to actually attending, but unfortunately couldn't due to the virus. We had George, our Bills fan, and Joe, our Raiders fan. We will start with Joe on this one. Joe, Raiders versus Bills, who you got and why? Well, I kind of think how we're all going to see this way. George is going to go Bills. I'm going to go Raiders. But you're ta- you're coming to a... a- a place of business and chemistry and authority. Las Vegas has the best franchise in the NFL. We only we had one home game and we won it. So technically we had the best uh, home field percentage. <laughs> but I think the Raiders are going to come back after that blowout against the Patriots. It was devastating to watch. I was I was crying a little bit on the inside. 
But we're gonna come back strong with with our run game. Josh Jacobs is gonna have a good game. I know we're gonna be out with our two. We're gonna Raiders are gonna be out with their two rookies. But I know that we're still gonna have some depth at the receiver. And I feel like it would be a close game. I wouldn't doubt it'd be like three to maybe three to seven points difference. But I believe the Raiders are gonna win this one. George, what are your thoughts? Yes, yeah, so I got the Bills winning this one. So Josh Allen has taken another step forward this year, and his passing game is clicking. The Bills are second in passing and third in scoring. They're averaging 31 points a game. The Bills are bringing the fourth best offense to the Sin City, and they're ranked 27th defense in yards against Allen has thrown 1,038 yards, 10 touchdowns and has ran for two touchdowns and is right now undefeated three and O. He also has a franchise record uh, with two straight games with at least four touchdown passes and has tied Jim Kelly with three 300 yard passing games. Stefan Diggs has already recorded 288 receiving yards in three games. And Josh Allen is sep- uh, spreading the ball, throwing touchdowns to seven other Bills players. The Bills offensive coordinator, Brian DeBull, held the same title for the Alabama 2018 National Championship team, which featured Josh Jacobs and Henry Ruggs. So he's going to have some insight on those players. And I know Henry Ruggs is probably not playing that game, but the Bills have weapons all around and the ability to go four wide receivers formations with Diggs, Brown, Beasley, and the rookie Gabriel Davis. Davis is a rookie, but he's gaining praise for his production of seven catches for 103 yards and a touchdown. And he's also picking up the playbook really quickly. So I see the Bills coming out 4-0, staying undefeated with a 28-17 victory. What are your thoughts, Frank? So this was kind of hard for me because I love to watch the underdog win. And obviously, I feel like in this game, the Raiders are the underdog. I mean, you have the undefeated Bills 3-0. But at the same time, like I had said kind of in the beginning of this podcast, I believe that defense wins games okay so you have a uh bills defense i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry um a raiders defense they on average they allow 30 points per game and then you have the bills offense and they're averaging 31 points per game and that was over, you know, the uh, the Jets, the Dolphins, and Rams. So, if you're gonna go by that, which it's hard for me because I like the underdog to win, but I mean, defense defense wins games, man. And like you said, yeah, Josh Allen, he had thrown ten touchdowns, only one interception out of all those and all these games, and he was averaging three hundred and forty six yards per game. So. I mean, I don't know. With that, on top of the defense, I got to go Bills, even though I do want the Raiders low-key to win this because I want them underdogs to go. And I really think Derek Carr is doing good this year. He looks really, really good. So, I don't know. But overall, I probably I'm going to go with the Bills winning this game. 
Yeah, I I think that the Raiders are going to bounce back in this game. I really do. And I think it's going to be a very, very close game. This is tough for me because, in my opinion, these teams are kind of – they're at a point where they're both kind of – they're kind of neck and neck. You know, they both want they both want to win the they both want to win their divisions. They both have historic, historically great teams in their divisions. And so they're both at this like point where, you know, they're kind of both playing little brother and to the to the bigger brothers in their division. And I think the Buffalo Bills got a good shot at their division the Raiders I don't I don't think they have as good of a shot considering that the defending champs are in their division but I'm looking at both of these teams and they're just I think they're similar in a lot of ways the the offense for the Raiders has been clicking the offense for the Bills has been clicking the run game I'll the run game I will give to the Raiders they have a better run game in my opinion uh the Buffalo Bills, their run game kind of predicates on Josh Allen's running. So, uh, whereas in the Raiders, they have they have Josh Jacobs, who he's been tearing it up, honestly. But the defense obviously is in favor of the Buffalo Bills. Not saying that the Raiders don't have that great of a defense. They really, they really don't. They kind of like middle of the pack in their defense. But their defense has shown that they can shut down offenses such as the New Orleans Saints. So when they need to. So in my opinion, this is going to be a very close game. I'm going to give the edge in this one to the bills because as, as Frank said, defense wins those close games, those big games. And I'm, I'm going to give the edge to the bills because of their defense. Well, I'm sorry you got, you guys all think that, but you're forgetting them. The biggest thing of all, home field advantage, you know. Even though there's no audience there, it's still feel good to be home. Yeah, you're right, Joe. They're undefeated. They never lost. Undefeated, never lost. <laughs> uh, George, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Josh Allen don't care if you're home or not. He's going to put the smack down on these Raiders, and that's just what's going to happen, man. The Raiders might have a better, slightly better run game, but all around – the Bills, they're better on offense, they're better on defense, and they're going to show up to Vegas ready to play, and we'll see what the Raiders can do, if they got any answers, and we were talking about watching film earlier, so last week they were able to shut down Waller, so if anything, the Bills got great film to watch on Derek Carr's favorite weapon, Darren Waller, so we'll see how this game plays out. And just real quick to add, as I was thinking, and when you have a a slinger like Josh Allen throwing the ball, Raiders secondary is not that good. It really isn't. They got a good line, but their secondary is not that good. Yeah, Josh Allen, he's definitely a slinger, and he's going to be throwing that ball around. And like I already said, he's sharing the ball. So it's not like Stefan Diggs is his only target that he's looking for. He's targeted all of his receivers. They got, they're able to go in a four receiver formation, which puts them in a great position offensively. And then Josh Allen with his legs, if needed, he can make plays, go for big yards, run in touchdowns. 
So they got it going for them right now. They're rolling, and I got them staying undefeated for now. It'll definitely be a close one. All right. At this point, we are going to move on to our last topic, which is Joe's Weekly Pick'em. Joe, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready to go. All right. So for Joe's Weekly Pick'em, we are going to start with the Colts and the Bears, Joe. So the Indianapolis Colts go to play the Chicago Bears, who now have Nick Foles at quarterback. Who do you have? I got the Colts winning this one. The Colts defense is looking like a monster out there. They're going to tear this offense up. All right. Jacksonville Jaguars, they go ahead and play the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. Who you got, Joe? I got the Bengals winning this one. The Jaguars really disappointed me in last week, and I believe that the Bengals offense could um, score on this defense. I hope you're wrong. We got the Cleveland Browns versus the Dallas Cowboys, Joe. Who you got and why? I got the Cowboys winning this. The, these these two offenses are uh, on uh, going up and down, up and down. But I believe the Cowboys defense will stop this Browns offense. Mm. All right, and now we have the one and two Saints going up against the Detroit Lions. Who do you got in this game, Joe? Uh, this one was kind of hard, but I believe that the uh, the Saints are going to win this. They they need something to happen, and I believe it's going to happen today uh, on Sunday. All right, and then we have the Seattle Seahawks going up against the Miami Dolphins. Who you got, Joe? Oh, it's an easy choice, the Seahawks. <laughs> All right, and then we got the. Los Angeles Chargers going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who do you got, Joe, and why? (laughs) That's another easy choice, the Buccaneers, man. They got too many weapons on that side. Mm. All right, and next we have the Baltimore Ravens going up against the Washington football team. Who you got, Joe? The Ravens, of course. They're going to bounce back hard from last week after that loss against the Chiefs, and this is a perfect team to build your confidence in. All right, and then we have the Arizona Cardinals going up against the Carolina Panthers. Who do you got, Joe? I got the Cardinals winning. They they needed – I think they – I from what I remember, I think they lost last week. If, if, if someone could check that out real quick. But I think they lost last week. They did. Uh, and then they need they, – they want to have a, like another bounce back week. So this is another perfect team to do it against. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did lose last week. They lost to the Lions, so that was interesting. That was, yeah. All right, and then we got the 0-3 Minnesota Vikings going up against the 0-3 Houston Texans. Who do you got, Joe? Didn't that game get postponed? The uh, Steelers and Titans game postponed. Oh, okay. Not not the Vikings versus Texans yet. Okay. Um, Well, in that case, I'll I'll, I'll get the Dolphins, not the Dolphins, the Texans. That Vikings defense is on a whole different level of not being there. It's like they shouldn't even be on the field. That's how bad they are. And this Texans offense is going to float right by them. Mm. So, Joe, the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to play the Tennessee Titans, but now they're not. But if you had to pick, who would you pick? I would have chose the Steelers. Easy choice. That offense is flying on all cylinders. Mm. 
All right. Next, we have the New York Giants going up against the Los Angeles Rams. Rams. This Giants team, I lost all faith in the Giants team. I chose them to, I think, win last week against the Niners because all of the injuries they had, but the Niners blew them out of the park. So I, I lost all faith in the Giants, and the Rams are winning this. All right. Next, we have the Patriots going up against the Chiefs. Yeah, like I said uh, in the previous installment, uh, I chose the Chiefs winning this. Mm-hmm. And then you had the Raiders, right, for the yeah. Bills versus Raiders. Yeah. And then the last one that I have on here before the Monday Night Football game is Eagles versus 49ers. Who do you got, Joe? 49ers are going to run away with this one. The, the, there's something wrong with that Eagles team, and something needs to happen with it. The, come on, mm. the, you tied you tied with the Bengals. Come on, at least win or lose. Mm. And then last but not least, we got the Monday night game, Falcons versus Packers. Who you got, Joe? I got the Packers. It, the Falcons always end up with the lead, but somehow they always lose it in, at the end. But I think the Packers are going to keep the lead and just stay with it the whole entire time. All right. George, any thoughts? Yeah, it sounds like Joe's over here holding grudges on all these teams that did him dirty last week. He's lost. Hey. I counted about five teams he lost last week. Hey. <laughs> last week was a, a a heat check, you know. After my first week, I did going fourteen and one. Last week, though, was just a heat check, and I think I lost about maybe five or six games. Yeah. You lost faith in five or six teams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that is all the time that we have for today, everyone. Thank you for joining us here on Highly Contested. We will post a podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So be sure to stay tuned, keep with it, and be prepared to be highly contested. Have a good one. Highly contested. Dummy, dummy.